Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Man, that three by five card. <laughs> Holy moly. Goodness gracious. Um, y'all may be seated. One of the things that I, when we did that run um, yesterday, uh, that was brought to my attention when we were driving is I, you know, I've said this so many times and I'm just going to continue to say it that I, I just, and even with Sunday mornings, but I, the ceremonial type thing, the religious, like we're just doing something because we do it, um, I, I just, I'm so against it, but at the same time, sometimes Yahweh gives me something that doesn't make sense. I get myself in trouble by trying to explain the unexplainable. You know, you try to, you try to, you try to come, come and give some kind of instruction or explain or, uh, or kind of qualify something you're doing, you know, and there's not really anything to say. And so, um, you know, yesterday morning though, I was, I was, I was driving and I said, and I was just saying to Yahweh on the way there, just what is the, what is the point of this this run and, and, you know, what, what's the significance to it and why are we picking up trash and it, are we really, have we really just become another, you know, church that just, you know, does certain outreach things or does, you know, whatever and it just, it kind of just made me sick driving up to it and then he reminded me and I said this to, uh, to, to uh, those of you that were there and, um, and he just, it's, it's just significant, the three by five card because, um, I also was thinking about Apostle Ball, and he said, he said, you know, what, what did Apostle always say about this place, about this house? What was he big on about trash? Or if you see something on the ground, pick it up. He'd say, treat this house like it was your own. And he, he was very, and I mean, to this day, all of us, we'll, you know, walk, I hope all of us, when we walk around, we see something on the ground, or we see something in the bushes, or we, you know, around here, we pick it up and we throw it, just because that's something that he taught us and that he instilled in us. And, and he started to talk to me about that, and that, that he's expanding our borders, that that was that training ground thing. And now I'm, I, I'm, it might just seem like I'm just picking up trash on, on a bridge or whatever because I'm trying to help out Bay County. In fact, we had a lot of people that would run by us and say, man, thank y'all, who are y'all with? And we just say, you know, Brock of Bay County, whatever, real quick and go do our thing. I don't know what everybody else said, but we just said, you know, we're just here picking up trash. But I wasn't, I really wasn't even that, I, I was like, great, you know, you, you're thanking me, but really what I'm doing is just being a good steward over the land that Yahweh has placed me in. And I, and I just, and it just spoke to me in the fact that this three by five card and, 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 and it's about the mother and the brother and the father or sister, whatever all that was in there, because Yahweh's been speaking to me so much about the common union and the family and how our courses are intersecting with each other and the purpose in this gathering. And so uh, the other thing that we spoke about, and, and I know like, look, I, I, don't, I don't get to make it to every single thing and, um, and there's a lot of, we have a lot of things going on, but I want you to know we're not a glorified event planning service here. Like we're not just trying to get something to do something for whatever. These are really things that Yahweh speaks to me. Now there are times that we gather together because we need to gather together. I want to be around, you know, I want us to, um, I want us to, to gather and just talk, hang out, whatever. But that still is about the family coming together. But 
but this, this uh, particular run, uh, what I was going to say with that is, so, so even though some of you weren't there, a lot of you were, and thank you, Pastor Jeff, for putting that on. Um, we really, it was, that's not just something he just goes, okay, let's go on a run. It's, he's thought about this, he's planned it out, he's, you know, mapped the route for us, he, you know, had things for us, and we really appreciate that, Pastor Jeff, thank you. And also, the Upper Supper Club, Donna and Miss Edis and Mr. Rubin, I, I saw that all, Miss Nora, she's got some moves, come on now. Somebody showed me the video, can't hide behind that. Um. But that, that's just great. That's awesome. But this run, um, we, you know, we've talked before about from glory to glory and the ever-increasing kingdom. And, and the thing that I was thinking about with you, so when you weren't there, they, I, I always make sure that we say that even if you aren't there, this, you are there with us. And we are speaking, when, as soon as I start to speak over something, I include all of you there. And if you weren't there, I, guess what? I crossed over that bridge and I came back. So I did it for you if you couldn't make it. And don't think for a second that if you can't make it to something that I'm sitting back judging you and being like, what in the world? Why aren't you there? We have something. I would love for all of us to, to be there. I'd love for all of us to be in this building, but I, I don't know if there's ever been a Sunday where literally everybody that comes to this church actually is here all at one time and, and we have lives and things, but we also are a family and we can, we can work through each other, you know? And so one of the things that I spoke about was that, you know, Yesterday was the first official day of the fall season. And I know that a lot of people are just excited. Some people are sad, you know, they miss the summer. But guess what? It'll be December. It'll still feel like summer. Don't worry about it. And so, but it's, it was the official day of fall. And um, I love the seasons. And I love, I love everything about them. I love the, the you, get, you almost get sick of like only, you know, shorts, whatever. And now we can at least put on flannels and pretend that, and we're not sweating to death, but we can kind of just, you know, it's just this, it's cool. I like the different decorations. I like that this time gets exciting because now we're going to start to have the holidays and different things that are coming up and, and exciting things. And that's great. Um, I love the seasons. But one of the things that, that, I, that, I, that, um, that we talked about is that we do also have this seasonal mentality. And that this is what we kind of were standing against and not standing against, but we were, uh, we were running for this thing, that this is going to be, you know, in, in, in heaven, that there's not this like seasonal thing from winter, spring, summer, fall. And, and a lot of times we, what, what seasons speak to me when we think about seasons of life, not actual seasons, physical seasons is fall now, that's great. But when we think about seasons of life, we almost are trying to, it's always this mentality that something's going to end, right? Like you're in a great season, well, man, I'm holding on, please, I, I know it's going to end, but I, this is great right now. So I'm just holding on, and, and, but I know it, it's coming to an end. But, the, you know, this is a great season. Or you're in a bad season of life, and you're just, you're just like, come on, hurry up, end. But it's all about ending. And I believe that as kingdom people, our mentality should not be from, you know, a dry season to the rainy season. But it should be from glory to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory, and ever increasing. And that's not hype. That's what I truly believe that this kingdom life should be about. And I truly believe that as we ran that bridge, we walked into a new grace. And a new grace for this time, for this day. Yahweh's been showing me a lot about a new land. He's been, he's been showing me the table. 
He's been showing me a map, a blank map. There's a lot of things that he's been showing me, and it's all evidence and pointing to the fact that we're in a new place with a new grace and a new anointing. And if it did not work yesterday, if from glory to glory to glory didn't seem to work yesterday, this isn't a hype message to try to make you believe it so that we start getting excited about church again and everything else. This is literally, this is literally, it is about this is how it's meant to be. That as we commune together, with Yeshua, that this is exactly how our life and how today should be, that the evidence should be from glory to glory through Holy Ghost within us. The message was better than that response, but I'm going to take it for right now. <clears throat> so that's what, we, that's what we spoke as we went over that bridge is from glory to glory is the only thing I could keep saying or thinking about is from glory to glory, that if things seem like like tough right now, nope, I'm in I'm I'm in this glory and I'm going on to the next. And every and it changes your mindset waking up. It's changing. It's changed my mindset waking up in the morning because it's not necessarily even based on season. Because yesterday was the first day of fall. I'm sorry, apostle. Um, it's it's not even that. Uh, it's not even that, um, that it's because it was fall. It was just, it's sometimes there's these significant things that Yahweh uses to show you, you know, these, these but literally for me, from glory to glory means tomorrow I'm going to wake up in a new grace and a new opportunity that I didn't have today. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day as I'm walking and living in this kingdom life. And so it's, it's exciting. And, it, and it's something that I, I hope that as we, as we walk through this, um, together, it just becomes more real to you. And it's not just words, but it's a lifestyle. Um, I'm, I've got a lot today, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, um, but I'm not, I'm not in, in, in any way trying to say, like, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a long time. And I'm not, I'm, not to scare you, I'm not saying that. I'm, I literally, this might be 30 seconds and it might be a long time, but I don't know. And it don't let, I'm just saying, don't let these books scare you and everything. I just got a lot and, and it's everywhere. And it's, it's kind of what I felt today that's coming in here is that things are just to be mixed up. That just kind of ruffle the feathers a little bit and just kind of, just kind of make things, don't, don't just stay in the normal flow, but move to the rhythm of Holy Spirit. And so, so this morning, last night, Eva can tell you, she can, te she can testify to this anyways, but when I'm sitting up and I'm, I'm writing notes on Saturday night of just what, you know, you always put on my heart, that usually I sit there and I go, babe, I'll be honest with you, I don't know what I'm going to say tomorrow. I, I don't have no, and she'll be like, Mark, you say that every week, every week you say that, and you just get up there and let y'all, because I, I might have an idea of where I'm going, but I, I just don't have, I don't have enough experience to have backing to just make up something to give you. So it's awesome because when I come up here, I'm just, this is worship for me because it's literally me laying down some things that I don't like to do or I don't, I'm not used to. And I'm, and I'm just, I'm literally just giving you whatever Yahweh's given me. And whenever, most of the times after service or after I say something, I go up to Evan, I was like, so what did I just say? Honestly, what exact, give me a theme because I just, I don't know if it's just, you know, Telford talks about the, the, the microphone or it just like does something to you. And it's just like, sometimes you just start talking. It's just like, blah, 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 blah. And I get down, I'm like, 
uh, all right, see y'all later. Let's go on. And, and so Eva always tells me, you know, she, and you guys know I say, she'll either tell me, well, I don't know. You tell me what you just said. Or she'll say, it was great, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, but I just say that because I, it, it might be a little bit of a jumbled mess. And I, and I am this morning kind of, I, I feel like permission to, to give, uh, to start to try to explain the unexplainable in some ways, something that you always put on my heart and it's a thing that we're going to do, um, but, I, but I don't want, I, I want to give some language to it. I want to kind of explain a little bit of it before we do it, but at the same time, it's, you might leave here just as confused as you were when you started, so I'm just going to give you what I got. One thing I want to start with is I want to go back to last week, whoever was here uh, knows we talked about a story um, out of Luke have to get myself organized. Out of Luke, um, that was very familiar. Um, there's actually two stories, and really my, my purpose in it was showing the, the, the intersecting of these two stories or the intertwining of these two stories as it relates to uh, the woman with the issue of blood and then also Jairus and his daughter who was on her deathbed. And I want to read back through that story. There's a couple things that I didn't, uh, I didn't touch on. Uh-oh, Eva's chasing the child back in. <laughs> Um, but uh, but uh, there, there, there are a couple things I didn't touch on, and I just really feel a grace, too, that we need to get this, that we need to understand this, that we need to see some things that Yahweh is showing us and not just move on to the next thing. And so if I literally speak the same things and only get through the same things I spoke about last week, so be it. We'll just continue and go with that flow, all right? So let's read this real quick. Let's go through the story, and I want to show you a couple more things as it relates to us. And we're just going to read through the whole story one time. And then we'll, uh, because I don't think I even got through the whole story last time. Um, But this is uh, Luke 8, verse 40. Luke 8, verse 40. So it says, when Yeshua returned to Galilee, the crowds were overjoyed, for they had been waiting for, for him to arrive. Just then, a man named Jairus, the leader of a local Jewish congregation, fell before Yeshua's feet. He desperately begged him to come and heal his 12-year-old daughter, his only child, because she was at the point of death. Yeshua started to go with him to his home to see her, but a large crowd surrounded him. In the crowd that day was a woman who had been suffering greatly for 12 years from slow bleeding. Even though she had spent all, the, all that she had on healers, she was still suffering. Pressing in through the crowd, she came up behind Yeshua and touched the tassel of his prayer shawl. Instantly, her bleeding stopped and she was healed. Yeshua suddenly stopped and said to his disciples, someone touched me, who is it? While they all denied it, Peter pointed out, master, everyone is touching you, Try to, uh, trying to get close to you. The crowds are so thick, we can't walk through all these people without being jostled. Yeshua replied, yes, but I felt power surge through me. Someone touched me to be healed and they received their healing. When the woman realized she couldn't hide any longer, she came and fell trembling at Yeshua's feet. Before the entire crowd, she declared, I was desperate to touch you, Yeshua, for I knew if I could just touch even the fringe of your robe, I would be healed. Yeshua responded, beloved daughter, your faith in me has released your healing. You may go with my peace. While Yeshua was still speaking to the woman, someone came from Jairus' house and told him, there's no need to bother the master any further. Your daughter has passed away. She's gone. When Yeshua heard this, he said, Jairus, don't yield to your fear. Have faith in me and she will live again. 
When they arrived at the house, Yeshua allowed only Peter, John, and Jacob, along with the child's parents, to go inside. Yeshua told those left outside who were sobbing and wailing with grief, stop crying. She is not dead. She is just asleep and may be, must be awakened. They laughed at him, knowing for certain that she had died. Yeshua approached the body, took the girl by her hand, and called out with a loud voice, my sleeping child, awake, rise up. Instantly, her spirit returned to her body, and she stood up. Yeshua directed her stunned parents to give her something to eat and ordered them not to tell anyone what just happened. Oh, man. I, I, I have trouble, and I, I've said this, but these... These stories do come alive to me, and it's hard for me to just, to just read them and not get emotional about what literally has taken place <laughs> in this story. And so if you will, just go with me again back to that moment in J. Iris and the, uh, his 12-year-old daughter. And, and what we talked about last week is his 12-year-old daughter who says that she was at the point of death. And we went through this and we talked about how then the woman with the issue of blood, as we call her, but he calls her beloved daughter, actually, and that's her real name. But the beloved daughter comes and, and she, and he, it stops the whole process of him following Jairus to, to, his, to, to heal his daughter, right? And if you think about Jairus's mood, which it doesn't in, in the story tell anything about him, but you just know, you know exactly how J. Iris feels with his 12-year-old baby girl, like I said last week, his little princess, uh, you know, on her, on her, at the point of death. And if you go there and you let yourself really, really get, you're not going to get the fullness of a story in the Bible if it doesn't come alive to you first. If you don't put yourself there and see yourself in that moment. And so, so Jairus is, is, is sitting here and this woman who's had this, you know he knows this lady, has had this issue for 12 years. 12 years he's, he's seen this thing. He's seen her be identified by this. He knows like this is her. This is how she, uh, this is how, um, this is just what she deals with. She's been dealing with it for 12 years, and now she's the one. And like I said last week, uh, there's, in, in some, of the, uh, some of the Gospels, how it tells the story is that Yeshua actually, with, this says that he felt power surge through his body. And many times it says he felt power leave his body. And so like I said last week, what, Jairus has got to be in the state of, okay, not only did this woman stop and Yeshua stopped when he's on the way to heal my daughter, but, but he, you, you're talking about the same power that I need you to heal my daughter with. How much power are we talking about is lost here? Like, what are we, like, let's, what are we dealing with in this situation? And I'm about to freak out on this lady. But, but the thing is, is that J. Iris's first, his, it, wh what the whole point of me telling this story last week was the point of that their, their uh, communion, which I said communion is, there you go, um, is, is actually means, it means partnership, it also means intercourse, which we use in an intimate way, but it means our course is intersecting with each other. 
And so whenever, it, like literally communion means, means uh, intimacy. And so like I believe that Jairus, J- though Yeshua said, go in my peace, your, your, uh, your faith has made you well, that he also could have said that Jairus, your faith made her well also. Because Jairus was the first one to initiate the faith and say that I know that Yeshua can heal my daughter. So he went to get Yeshua. He was the reason she was walking through, he was walking through that crowd in the first place. And she got to touch the hem of his garment. And so there's this, there's this tying of this story here. And I think it's so significant. And this is where we didn't get last week, which is, is something that I really want to bring up. Is the part where... As he's talking, as he's talking to uh, to this to the woman with the issue of blood, as he's telling her all these things, and he's declaring her healing and saying, "Go in my peace." She's got everything that she's wanted for twelve years, and it wasn't just this little issue. Like she was literally shunned. If you read like what what the culture would have done with her at that time, she was unclean. Her literal bed of rest was unclean. Everything, even Yeshua at the point of being touched would have been considered unclean. Like everything about, everything about this woman that she was dealing with for 12 years is inescapable and, and miserable. So it's a huge deal. It's not just, it was the woman with the issue of blood she'd been dealing with 12 years and he touched them of garment, hallelujah, he healed her. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like think about this, think through this story. And so, so while she's getting her breakthrough and her deliverance and this amazing, amazing thing, and, and you got to be, you know, Jairus has got to all of a sudden in that moment go, oh, hallelujah. Okay, now let's go on. And in that moment, what happens? It says, while Yeshua was still speaking to the woman. While she was still receiving her blessing and, her, and, and his, his, his faith is getting built up in this, while Yeshua was still speaking to the woman. Someone came, someone came from Jairus' house and told him, there's no need to bother the master any further. Your daughter has passed away. She's gone. And you know what? <laughs> like, God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your daughter, his only daughter, she's gone. Done. That's the word he hears. That's the first, that's the first report he gets. Meanwhile, someone else is over here rejoicing who he had to wait. What if she, what if, I mean, I don't know how close J. Iris' house was, but you got to know that he was thinking, what if you just would have just, just stopped, just waited a day, and he got to my, got to my daughter. Come on. Like really, he's got to be, but, but Yeshua recognizes it. And he recognizes even in the presence of such faith and such healing and such miraculous work that sometimes even in that moment, the bad report or the difficult thing tries to set us, plant a seed. And he immediately says, even think about it, he just saw this woman who had been dealing with this for 12 years get completely healed and say, go in my peace. He saw this supernatural healing. Someone tells him that his daughter is dead now and he immediately starts to lose faith. He starts to drop down because it's not enough just for us to commune with each other. In our stories, say, oh, your faith, great. I see that you were healed. Now I'm going to be healed. But every once in a while and every single time, actually, not every once in a while, but you have got to also be intercoursing with Yeshua. Because then Yeshua comes in and he's among this gathering. 
He's among what's going on. He looks at him and he says, when Yeshua heard this, so Yeshua hears the same thing that she said, and he grabs, you can just see this picture. He get, grabs Jairus' head, which was probably down. He probably just started to wail, and he lifts him up and he says, Jairus, don't yield to your fear. Have faith in me. She will live again. See, even in the presence of healing, in the, even in the presence of miracles, in the presence of, of all of this stuff, even in the presence of Yeshua himself, sometimes these things can still creep in and plant a seed. And as a family and as we come together and we start to commune with each other and we start to realize who we are within Yeshua, within this gathering, uh, within our relationship with Yeshua, when we start to eat of him, when we start to commune with him, we'll start to see that it's that not only, now we have like, a, a, it's like double, not only do we get to see the faith and that that faith um, becomes an announcement that our, that our healing is coming, that our, like we talked about last week, that it's an announcement that our healing is coming, that our breakthrough is coming when some of our family starts to rejoice and starts to have these things. But it also, also that Yeshua is intertwined within us and he's orchestrating this entire gathering, this whole thing. It makes everything so real and so pure and so awesome. And so I, I, I love that just how this, the language of this story starts to, how, we, how it starts to unfold. So it says, when then, uh, 51, when they arrive at the house, Yeshua uh, allowed only Peter, John, and Jacob, along with the child's parents, to go inside. Yeshua told those left outside who were sobbing and wailing with grief. You can just see Yeshua. Like, he's just such a baller and so much more than that. But he's just awesome. All right, that means awesome. I'm sorry. He's really an amazing, amazing man. Eva, I'm sorry. She always is like, you need to chill with the bros and the yos and everything else. I'm like, I'm trying, all right. Just comes out how it comes out and you just have to take it. But he's... He's awesome. He's the king. He's, he's incredible. And you can just see him come up and say, stop crying. Because he's probably already fed up with the fact that, he, that Jairus has to, has, has already going through it. And he's, and he's just trying to lift up Jairus' faith. And he's trying to, and then, the, but the family over here, the family that should be sitting here in even more faith and even more presence because Yeshua just walked in the room. They should be going, finally, okay, thank you, Yahweh. This thing's going to come. They're over there crying and wailing and actually even mock Yeshua because the thing's done, dead, not happening. Stop crying. She is not dead. She's just asleep and must be awakened. They laughed at him, knowing for certain that she had died. Yeshua approached the body, took the girl by her hand, and called out with a loud voice, My sleeping child, awake, rise up. Man, you could just literally, we, we could just all come in here and sit down together and just read these stories and leave. Shake hands and leave because it's, this is power, this is so powerful and this isn't even my message but I'm trying to I'm trying to get past the story I can't I got to go over to uh, Robert Allen's uh, um, house yesterday and I spoke with him it was for Declan's second birthday we love Declan and happy birthday Declan um, but he was sitting there and he told me, he said, you know, and I, I, I use Robert Allen a lot because his story is incredible. And we, it's not the only one, but I just, I've talked to him a lot about this and it keeps coming up to me. But he, we were sitting there talking and he said, you know, I, I, I went to go get an exam the other day or, or some kind of scan or something he hadn't had in a while. Um, and you can correct me on this story if I'm wrong. Um, 
unless I'm in the flow, like I tell Eva, just just wait, let me let me get through it. <coughs> I'm just kidding, but seriously. So he's so we're uh so so he comes into this into this place, he gets a scan and, and he uh and the, the doctor who was the same doctor who told him you have stage four cancer and you probably only have about five years, right? And I remembered, I remember when he talks about this story, I remember being over in the gymnasium the first time I heard it. Not, I didn't, apparently he had posted something on social media. I had not seen it. Um, and I actually, the first person that told me about it was Michael. And he came over and I said, how, how are things, man? And he said, not good. And he told me that, uh, that his father-in-law had been uh, diagnosed with stage four cancer and it's pretty grim and everything else. And I remember the mood in there. I remember my mood. I remember feeling like completely hopeless in that situation. And like, I mean, it'd be great if there was healing there. That would be awesome. But I mean, that's pretty grim. That's tough. And I, and I was like, you know, well, Michael, what, what's your word? We, we, I, I stand where I'm trying to fumble through everything I can to try to, you know, respond to that. And he just said, you know, I, I hear so many people um, saying they don't even want to recognize the name. They don't even want to say the word cancer. They don't even want to, to address it. And I, and I just believe that it is my, my duty to stand against it and call that thing out. And this is Michael, who's not grown up in this, this ecclesia, hasn't been, but he feels the spirit, and he feels the power. And sometimes, like I always talk against, been there, done that, got the t-shirt type thing. Sometimes it takes someone that is new to something that has just come into this amazing power to just wake us up again and say, no, 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 no. It's not that, it's not that doctor's word that's the last word. It's Yeshua the king surging through me who has the last word on every situation. And I believe that right now, like I said, from glory to glory, that we're walking into a new day, a new grace. And if it didn't work for you yesterday, and maybe it did, but today is a new day. And today is a new grace. So he goes up to this doctor that told him that, <clears throat> and, he gave, and, he, and he told me, he said, he gave me uh, this, new, this new, he named the thing different this time. And he called it NED, which I was like, what, you know, what does that mean? And it means, listen to this, no evidence of disease. Robert Allen said to him, he said, well, let's, I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy. Because a year ago, or however long ago, you told me, you told me a different story. And he said that you only had this percentage. And he's like, you know, the numbers are right. I'm not, I, I'm not backing off what I saw. What, I, what I'm just, he said, the only thing I can say is that you were that one. That you were that one. 
And to me what that says is you were that one that trusted Yeshua enough because I remember also his response in that day. I remember his wife's response in that day. I remember the faith that they walked in that day that none of us had. In fact, you can lump me in the category of the family that was sitting there saying, there's no way, but I'll sit here and pray with you, brother. But today, his faith has made me well. And today, his, his healing, because he's a part of this family that we intercourse together, that are, that are together, it's an announcement that if you have something in your life, if you have something that just doesn't, it's not, man, it's no evidence of hopelessness. No evidence of shame. No evidence of poverty. No evidence of debt. No evidence of sickness or disease. No evidence of relationship issues. No evidence of any of it. I don't care what you are walking, what kind of thing you have in your body or in your life or you're stressed about or whatever else. I'm telling you today. And again, not my message, but it is my message, is that, is that today, that no evidence of disease is your report, is Yeshua's report over us. And we need to receive this and understand this and understand that what we walk in today is far more powerful than what we walked in yesterday. And that this thing is real and true and amazing. And, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, we have the grace today today to walk in something that hasn't been walked in for 2,000 plus years. Well, yeah, we've seen little bits and pieces. I'm talking about walking in it from glory to glory to glory to glory. So turn with me to Luke. 22:14. We have something uh, coming up this Wednesday night um, that, again, is not an event for you to just come to. And some of you might not be able to make it. I would love for all of you to be able to make it. But we're going to continue to do this for a time, at least. Um, but it's something that came up because we were talking about, I, I've always had something weird about Wednesday nights. I'm just going to be real with you. And I, was, I loved and I'm so thankful for um, all of you that, that ministered over this past period of time. It's so powerful. And I knew that there was some teaching that, that just needed to be something different. And it needed, and that's what Yahweh gave me. And I'm so thankful and I honor that time. And maybe that will even come back. I don't know. But I just, I, I, there was something about, um, you know, well, now what do we do? Holy Ghost, like what, what's next for just a, this, this gathering? Because I really felt it was important for us to gather. But if it is just us coming in, hanging out, shaking hands, whatever, and leaving, that's cool. Um, but what is it? And um, we are in a staff meeting. I believe Joanne was the one that brought up, said something about, we were talking about worshiping. We talked about communion. And, we, and, it just, it, and, and I was already speaking about this common union and the story and what this means. And, and, but what's the point of it? Is it just a ceremonial thing? And I believe that as kingdom people, there are some things that are just religious that we need to throw out, right? Like that we just need to cut off. But then there's some things that were never meant to be religious, but religion got a hold of them and we're called to redeem them. 
and that they're not just a thing, it's not just a ceremony, but it's actually a supernatural, powerful, prophetic manifestation of something that Yeshua gave us direction in a long time ago that can lift us up, build our faith, and be a part of this family, and a constant reminder. And so I want to try to show and piece together why this Wednesday night we're going to gather together under those beautiful trees and take communion together. And let me just go ahead and tell you, it's not going to be longer than about 45 minutes. We're going to worship. We're going to do some of that kind of stuff. But I, I know Wednesday nights. I got you. I, I realize what things, and I'm not saying that because we're trying to be like seeker friendly. I'm trying to be you friendly. I'm trying to be our family friendly. I want to get together. I want to do this, but I want this to be purpose. It's the same thing that I had no idea, but it was, it was, it was Yahweh announcing these, some of these things that we're going to redeem. When I brought my boy up here, and, and we had this ceremony, a planned on ceremony uh, to dedicate him. For those of you that think that I had that day planned, just go back and listen. I say the same thing like 47,000 times. I had nothing planned. I just kept saying the same thing. He'll never forget. He'll never forget. He'll never forget. And it was just, but it, it wasn't about that. It was about the spirit of the moment. It was about redeeming something that the church has, has, has deemed ceremonial or that we've done a certain way. And I don't, I don't, uh, I don't um, I'm not upset with anybody that continues to do it that way. And I'm not upset that we did it something that way because it was what we knew. It got us to this point. My first son was dedicated by Apostle Ball right here, standing right here. And I'm so unbelievably just as thankful for that moment that, uh, that, that Frank got as I am that Leo got right here with Benjamin. And, and so... So, but, but there's something about the fact that, like, it's not just a ceremony. And if you have a child that you want to dedicate here in front of, this is a, what it was, let me say this before you just go get inspired and say, yeah, let's do this. What it was for me and for Eva is we, we wanted to dedicate Leo. This is just the honest truth. We wanted to dedicate Leo basically based out of ceremony and so that her family could have the pictures and that, you know, we didn't really know what to do, but we did that with Frank. And so we want to do that with Leo. And that was kind of the thing. But what it ended up being was that it wasn't about just because they had done it or that we had done it before, that it actually, we, re we redeemed that ceremony in, in the fact that it became about Eva and I dedicating in front of a family how we will live our lives, and we did it in worship. I mean, if you watch it, it's so cool because, like, Chris, which Chris and Ben, only they can do, just start spinning around, freaking out, going, I'm just like, ah. And it's this awesome thing. But it's, it's not really just about being crazy and hyped and wild. It's just because we, when you feel, your spirit can't help but respond to something that's redeemed because the Redeemer lives within us. And so when we see that thing, it's going to leap, and we're going to get excited. And so, I, so, I, so I'll just say this real quick. If you have a child, I don't care if they're uh, 10 months or 10 years old that you want to do that in front of this family as we become more of a family and more of a tight-knit unit, come and talk to us. We will definitely make that happen. We'll have a whole service just dedicated to dedicating. I don't care. We'll just, but, but, but I love that. And I love that we're, we're doing that with our children. I love that our, chi our children's ministry over there or, or the Rock Kids or whatever you want to call it has become really big and, and really cool and awesome. And, and, and we, we love those kids and we love what Yahweh is doing with them. So I, I, I'm, I don't even know why I'm talking about that. Someone help me get back on track. What was I talking about? Ceremonies. Thank you. <laughs> sometimes I start going down those rabbit trails and I cannot find my way back. I just keep, I, sometimes you hear me keep talking, keep talking. It's really my mind is disconnected from what I'm saying. And I'm like going, where do I, how do I go back? How do I go back? 
So I'll just buy in time, all right? All right, so what we're, what the, the ceremony of communion, right? I want to, I want to, uh, I want to talk about this, all right? So, <clears throat> so let's, let's look at it. There's plenty of places to look at this, and I know that each and every one of you probably have your own revelation and have probably lived this and know this and can say this and recite it back and all that kind of stuff. Just track with me today. This is what Yahweh has shown me in this, and, I, and this is where I'm going to pull it from, which is Luke uh, 22, 14. And it says, uh, when the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until, I, until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. <clears throat> and he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me uh, on the table. Oops on the table, and truly the Son of Man goes as it has uh, been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. Um, that's the whole story, but one of the things that I'm pulling out, and, 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 a, and a lot of it has to do with, um, last night I was sitting down and I was talking to Eva a little bit about this and sharing something with her, and, and this is the thing about communion and if you want to talk about it in a religious ceremonial sense I have my wife was raised Catholic and this is uh, and she comes from that They're, her family's from Poland that's kind of the accepted religion there and um, and so she told she started telling me the story about how she remembers her uh, her first communion and she remembers getting all dressed up in a white little dress and getting her hair curled and um, going up there, and she was so excited because she had finally got to the place to where she could actually do communion. I guess there's some kind of protocol there, certain age or whatever. And she said she just remembers that moment of doing, you know, holding her hand out and being, she, she even last night she was like, and holding my hand, wait, no, like holding my hand out because it's, it's, there's a certain way you got to do it and everything. And, um, and, it, and she said, and you know, and it was just, I, all I knew was that it was just do this in remembrance of me, you know, that kind of thing. And and that phrase is what pulls from this story for me, is this do this in remembrance of me because, again, I'm going to go into the story and think about this moment. Because he's talking to his 12 apostles at this table, which there's something, as we know, about the table and breaking bread together. But he, So he sits down with them, his 12 apostles. He had not been crucified, yet we always limit the communion to the remembrance of the crucifixion, the, the you know, death, burial, resurrection, right? And that's what Eva has said. And, and I'm not saying that all of you have thought that. Maybe you all have this revelation. Awesome. Then you should be doing this. It's, it's great. But, uh, <clears throat> but so we think about that. And I even think, I've never, I've never known. I've never really known, if I'm honest. We've done communion a few, a few times, um, you know, over the years here. And uh, I, I don't really, never really understood it. But I started to think about the audience of this, and it's the 12 apostles. The, the, it hasn't happened yet. 
Now, it's been prophesied, they know, but, he, but it hasn't happened yet, and they really don't know what. But he says in that moment, do this in remembrance of me. So if they're remembering something, in fact, Ben spoke about the road to Emmaus, and that was, uh, that was after after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, and he met them on the road to Emmaus, these, and, he, and he actually broke bread with them at their table. He invited all of that kind of stuff, and when he broke bread, their eyes opened. He could have easily said then to them, come and visit his, his apostles after that, do this in remembrance of the cross. But he didn't. He said, do this in remembrance of me. He said, do communion, do this thing in remembrance of me. And so what would the apostles be remembering about Yeshua? In that time, would it be Jairus' daughter, the woman with the issue of blood? Could it be the man who was in a graveyard cutting himself with rocks naked and, he, and, and Yeshua healed him in a moment with a one encounter and made him the apostle over ten cities? Could it be what we talked about a lot of the of feeding of the over 20,000 people? So many healings. The man that could not, could not move lowered in through the roof and they saw Yeshua heal him and him walk. They saw a man who was completely blind be healed with mud. There's so many stories that we know, but think about, and then the book of John says at the end that there's so many more that we, don't even, we couldn't even contain in all of the shelves of our whatever he says there. But there's just, there were so many that weren't even recorded, right? And so what are these apostles remembering in that moment when, he is, when he's communing with, when he's saying, do this thing, do this communion in remembrance of me. And what I really truly believe that he's saying in that moment is that you absolutely have sa the same access, the same access to these things that you remember about me. And it even, it e <laughs> that, that it's, it's, uh, this is what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm this, this is going to, this is a little bit squirrely, a little bit weird and not just the, like, feel good message. It didn't just stop with that, you know, your faith makes you well. Like, I truly believe that this house, this body, if any, if any house, if anybody is going to walk in this thing because we have been fathered the way we've been fathered and we've been established the way that we've been established, that we have been granted access in this time through our faithfulness to a man and then our faithfulness to each other, that this thing is, 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 could be huge for us. There is a grace that's available to us. And, and what, is, what does Yeshua say uh, as, it, as it goes through? It says, so he does, do this in remembrance of me. Well, John 14, 12, I know I'm jumping around, but look, we've already gotten through three of the books, but I have to jump back into this one, so it's more like two. John, this is out of the Passion Translation. And again, don't just read these stories. Put yourself in this because he's talking about us. And I'm going to prove it to you later. But he says in John 14, verse 12, he said, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me in my name and I will do it for you. Like, I know we know that scripture, but are we living that scripture? 
right? Like we can, we, let's keep reading it. Let's keep reading these stories until they become our reality. Like that's, that's where I'm at because I, 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 love, I love to be inspired. I love to, 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 to be edified and, and built up. But this should be the thing that drives us and edifies us and lifts us up. Because, because it's not about the healing, right? It's not about the miracles, but it's about those that believe in him, that walk in relationship with him. This should just be a natural overflow of our relationship with Yeshua and the presence that we have on a daily basis. Because what it is, is my mom always told me whenever I was a kid, drives me crazy, I can hear her saying it, and your mom probably said it to you, but it's, she always said, whatever you feed will grow and whatever you starve will die. And I believe that what we need to walk into these days is, is a absolute feeding on Yeshua. That this prophetic, powerful, supernatural ceremony is something that Yeshua told his disciples, but really was, it was, he was telling us. He knew that this would be something that we carry today, that we take communion. And as there's a, a, a theologian that was, uh, that's, uh, he's, he's recognized in the Catholic Church, and, uh, and his name was uh, Thomas Aquinas, I believe. And he had the, the theory of, the, of sub-trans-something. Will somebody say it? That's exactly what I just said. You just didn't hear me. <laughs> right? She, hey, you come up here thinking you're going to sound smart. It'll be Thomas Aquinas. And uh, uh, let me just tell you, uh, transubstantiation, right? <laughs> it's sub-trans-something, whatever. I'm sorry. Again. <laughs> Anyways. But basically the thought, the, the concept was that as you ate, even though your senses wouldn't pick up on it, as you ate the bread or drank the wine or drank the juice or whatever, that he literally became Yeshua within you. You wouldn't be able to sense it, but he was becoming part of you. And Martin Luther takes it a step further, and he actually says that it was, it was as, you ate his, as, you ate, as you ate the bread and drank the wine or drank the juice, whatever, it, 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 it wasn't just that it, he was becoming you or that you were feeling that, but his, he was so stirred that his presence was right there among you. That when you are taking communion, and many I've heard, I think uh, I, I've heard, I think you told me one time that Bill Johnson literally talks about doing it every day. I, I'm pretty sure Damon um, at one point said that that he, he takes communion every day. Like there's some people that literally believe this every single day because it's do this in remembrance of me that they want to constantly walk in this idea of who he was and, and who he is and everything else. Um, but, but that when you take this communion, that his presence, that Yeshua is so stirred that you have taken this thing and redeemed a truth that he is right there in the middle of that. So that would, that just idea right there alone, whether that's the right, whatever you believe, that should take the ceremony a little bit out of it. Like, don't just take it and throw it in. What, isn't there a, isn't, um, we were talking about this last night, isn't communion is like the only, um, the only type ceremonial type thing in the scripture that has something that talks about, like, don't do this in unrighteousness. Like, it's the reason in the Catholic Church that they make such a big deal about making sure you go and do your confessions and then do this. But it's, it's literally about coming to, because it's, uh, Yahweh holds such weight in something like this, that it's so powerful. So 
so again, I'm going to read this, this one more time. Uh, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name, and I will do it for you. That's super powerful. So I think that as we, as we start to... W- it's, it's, not just, it's not just available, right? It is available, but it's not just a grace and we just all of a sudden happen to walk into this grace. It's truly, truly what I, what I believe about this thing is that it has got to be a daily relationship, a daily remembrance, a daily walking. And we do this thing, and I, and I know that for me, uh, the only example I can say is that when I, y'all heard me talk about Brazil, the cow tongue, eating cow tongue, ha, 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 those that remember that story. But, but we basically, when we were in Brazil for a month and we were playing soccer, we had to eat uh, rice and beans every single day. And all I could think about coming back, now this sounds kind of gross, but back then it was cool, was that, uh, is to have a big, big Mac from McDonald's, something that was just straight up American, you know? And I was like, that's all I could think about all, while I was there the first part. And I just, and my mind kept telling me that what I wanted was a Big Mac, you know, that I was gonna come back and I was gonna get a Big Mac. Meanwhile, I'm eating beans and rice, a little bit of cow tongue, unfortunately. And, and I'm just eating this, eating this, eating this. And when I came back, because my mind told me that I wanted the, the, the Big Mac, I ate the Big Mac and I got super, super sick. Super sick. But it was really because I had to, I actually, I remember getting it and being like, okay. <sighs> Whew. Yes, Big Mac. Big Mac. And it didn't taste the same way. It didn't feel the same way. I didn't really want it that bad. But I just kind of ate it and got sick off of it. And I realized that <laughs> as, 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 basic beans as it sounds, that it's so true that whatever we start to starve will die. So we say, a lot of people say that they want breakthrough in something, but they're not willing to starve that thing. I've starved, uh, my, my thing, I'll just be honest, open with you, I've starved social media in my life because it had become a thing, and I know not all of you deal with this or whatever, and Miss Sherry, she brought to me, she said, what about the people that don't deal with social media? You said, I'm coming for you next. Throw that up there with the microphone was in with my hand and in my mouth, I was, I just said whatever. I didn't, sorry, I didn't have anything else. I'm just saying, like, don't do the same thing. Gosh, sometimes when I listen, I say stuff like Thomas Aquinas. I'm like, I'm never getting up there again. That ain't happening. Um, but, uh, but, but like I had to kill that thing. I desired it. I didn't even care. Like I would literally, I'd be driving, I'd stop at a red light. And instead of sitting there and being like, hey, Eva, what's going on with your day? I'd, oh, green light, go. Like so ridiculous, like, and I'm living through other people's lives that as much as I love you all, like I've got my life, I've got so much that I've got to do and that Yahweh wants to speak to me that I'm just not willing to waste it on watching what everybody else and everybody else wants to fake up on social media. And I'm not saying social media is completely wrong or bad or whatever, like, please don't get me. It, It was for me, for me, for me, okay? Like that it just was, it was just this thing that I just... I, could, I can't do it. Like, I just can't. Eva joined me in it because she would do stuff like, uh, like read. She would do the thing where those of you that know on Instagram, you like click the little search thing and you have a million things that you can scroll through even if they're not your friends. And people like, you know, that were doing all these great things or whatever. And it would just start to get in her or she would be po- political or whatever. And she just, it just ate her up. So we just kind of cut that thing off. 
Um, and so, but, but so we starve that thing. And to be honest with you right now, not that we won't ever get on social media or we won't ever post again or do any of that kind of stuff, but for this time right now, like we starve that thing. I genuinely don't even desire it. But I can tell you what I do desire, and this isn't just because I did away with social media, it's because of the life that I've lived and what I've been feeding on instead of feeding on social media or feeding on, on other things. I used to feed on Alabama football. And to be honest with you, yesterday I was at Declan's party. I didn't even watch the game. I'm sorry, I'm not trying, listen, I'm not trying to bring the whole football thing up. You weren't cheering as loud this morning as you were. I'm not trying to do that. I love football. You know what, it's cool, it's awesome. Like, trust me, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying, whatever you start to, it makes sure. Now, see, I'm not on this whole right and wrong thing anymore. Like, I'm not like, man, is this, is this wrong or is this right? I'm more like, does this make me more hot for Yeshua? Yeah. Or does this make me a little more lukewarm? Like what is it that I feed myself that makes me on fire for him? Because I desire more than anything else him. And to eat from him and to be who I am called to be today. That's, lit that's it. There's my agenda. There's what I have for this house. That's what I desire from a family. And what communion is and what us coming together as a family. And what was established that we walk into this grace together, not alone. Because to me in that story, there are two factors that, that come into play. It's the faith in others that, 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 you, that Yeshua shows you, but it also is him. So with him, with us, two or more being gathered together, feeding on him, nothing, 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 zero. Wake up, Leo. Hey, buddy. Nothing is impossible. Nothing. Like we literally can walk in the same thing that they walked in. And if you question like I did, what about the apostles? Did they get this? Think about the story. My Bible tells me that Peter literally, people walked out and put people in, on stretchers out in the city so that he would, his shadow might pass them by. Greater works than these shall you do. You don't even have to touch the hem of my garment, but greater works when I pass by you. And it says that everybody that was brought out there was healed. Not just those in the shadow, but everybody in the presence, in the proximity to that thing was healed. So he, he, that was fulfilled. Greater works shall you do. Oh, man. I, I hope... I hope I'm like portraying what is literally in my spirit that this is so much bigger than, I feel like we're a part of something that's way bigger than, than we've ever really grasped. We're sons and daughters of the king. We're a royal priesthood. Yeshua is our king. He's within us. We move to the rhythm of Holy Ghost. And that those that will walk by, if we can get this, I'm telling you, as we commune together, as we walk in common union, as we walk in intimacy and our courses are intersecting and going through and your joys become my joys and your sorrows become my sorrows and we walk together as a family, that this thing becomes alive in a body, in a gathering of people who really thought all they were doing was being faithful. All right, I'm going to try to wrap up soon. Not yet. I, why do I even ask, Zach? I probably should tell you not to bring this up because I like the idea of it. Damon did this, and that's why I thought it was cool instead of because I was so against the whole uh, 
yeah, like just the old, and so I saw something like this that he has, oh, I'm going to do that, and then I get this, and I'm like constantly always like this around it, trying to talk, I'm like, yeah, and that's what it said, it's like I never sit down, anyways, I'm going to sit down now that I said that, shake it up today. All right, so I'm going to read one more thing. Um, musicians, if you guys will come up, um, we're not going to con continue this on too long or whatever. Um, if you have kids, let's go ahead and go grab them. I want to bring them over here uh, just to wrap this thing up this morning. Um, I don't really know how that, I, I guarantee, Eva, are the nursery workers just as mad as they can be at me because I know I've changed up their flow and are, I don't know how they have to check out. Oh, it's my mom? We're good. <laughs> we good. Um, where am I going to go? I'm telling you, it's a little bit haywire this morning, but I'll get there. Come on. Go for it. Hang on. Yellow mic. Hello, hello. Um, I was at work and I was getting ready for a client and I heard someone pray in the spirit and I thought it was Trisha because she was coming in and, and I think it was, well, I know it was now. And we never even talked about that. So um, I come and I do her hair and one of my coworkers has been sick. She's had um, vertigo. I've never had that, never want it. And um, so I'm texting clients saying, hey, what worked with your vertigo? I want to help her, give her a you know, word of wisdom, something. And people were texting me back and and so I went and I told her all this information. And she stood up and she had tears in her eyes. And she said, well, your client came and she prayed for me. And I was like, and then I remembered praying in the spirit. And I thought, Trisha and I didn't even talk about it. She was walking down the hall. She saw obviously something. Still, we haven't talked about this. Um, something was wrong. I'm sure she probably asked her, are you okay? I don't even know. I've just imagined this, pictured it. And she prayed for her. And I was like, oh, that's wonderful. You know, I was... So the next day she walks in and I said, oh, I've got something else you can try. I mean, I'm just doing what I thought. And she looked at me, she grabbed my hand, she said, that prayer, that did it. Her prayer healed me. I have not had Amen. any things, I, it turned around and that prayer is what did it. So Trisha, thank you for being you. Thank you for being awesome. him in my place of work. Um, thank you for praying for her, and, and I, just, I just wanted to thank that for yes, everyone. Yes, absolutely. Exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. And I think that that's one thing that's awesome is that Yeshua didn't go back and put someone on a 12-step program, did he? One time. It took one encounter. And that's what I believe we're walking into is the one encounter. The one moment. Daddy. <laughs> the one moment, the one encounter changes everything. And so I'm going to read this, and we're going to read all the way through this. So just, uh, this, is, this is John 17, which is amazing. But this, to me, brings back the unity and the flow and everything, the rhythm here that I think in communion and community that we're about to start to experience as family. And there's a few shifts here. So I, I tried to break this down, and I was just going to read a, a bit, but then I, I just I see so many cool shifts um, that are just so powerful, right? So it says... This is what Yeshua prayed as he looked up into heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your son so that I will magnify your glory. 
You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given to me. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Yeshua the Christ as the son whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. So my father restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. So he has the conversation with his father and then now it shifts to his disciples, those who followed him closely. And he says, Father, I have manifested who you really are and I have revealed to you the men and women that you gave to me. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have fastened your word firmly to their hearts And now at last they know that everything I have is a gift from you and the very words you gave me to speak, I have passed on to them. They have received your words and carry them in their hearts. They are convinced that I have come from your presence and they have fully believed that you sent me to represent you. So with deep love, I pray for my disciples. I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world, but for those who belong to you, those you have given me, for all who belong to me now belong to you, and all who belong to you now belong to me as well, and my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. Holy Father, I am about to leave this world to return and be with you, but my my disciples will remain here. So I ask that by the power of your name, protect each one one that you have given me, and watch over them so that they will be united as one, even as we are one. So he brings the face to face that he talked about with his father. And he talks about the the unity that he loves and joined with his father. And now he desires to bring that to his disciples, that they walk in that same face to face unity, not just with the father, but with each other. While I was with these while I was with these that you have given me, I have kept them safe by, the, by, uh, by your name that you have given me. Not one of them is lost except the one that was destined to be lost so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not a single one. I fulfilled it. Not a single one. He cared about every single one. But now I'm returning to you, so Father, I pray that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. I have given them your message, and that is why the unbelieving world hates them, for their allegiance is no longer to this world, because I am not of this world. I am not asking that you remove them from this world. I'm not asking that you remove them from this world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil, for they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Your word is truth, so make them holy by the truth. I have commissioned them to represent me just as I commissioned, as you commissioned me to represent you. And now I de- dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice so that they will live a fully dedicated... <laughs> Y'all is showing me this right now, that that's the dedication. <laughs> Yeshua was dedicating... He wasn't, he, it wasn't a ceremony, but he was dedicating his disciples in a moment so that they will live as fully dedicated to God 
and be made holy by your truth. And now here's another shift. Now Yeshua prays for us, those that follow his disciples, that this thing is an ever-increasing kingdom, that it's ever-expanding, that it didn't stop with him, it didn't stop with his disciples, but greater works will we do through the power of Yeshua within us. And he says, and I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day stand up and let's raise our hands. Let's honor this moment. Stand up and raise our hands. Let's honor this moment. And I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me for the, for the very glory you have given to me, I have given to them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given to me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. You are my righteous father, but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed them to them who you are and I will continue to make you even more real to them. Ever increasing. He's made himself known to us. He's gonna continue to make Yahweh known to us. Even more, even greater, greater work shall you do. Ever increasing. Do you see the rhythm of this this morning? I have revealed them, I've revealed to them who you are and I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me, for your love will now live in them as I live in them. Come on, come on, amen. Thank you, Yahweh, thank you, Yeshua. Thank you for that prayer that he prayed over us, that he spoke to us, knowing that we would be here, that you would be here Sunday, September 23rd, right? September 23rd, 2018, that this was a marked day, that everything changed today for you. That today you walked in perfect love, that today you walked in perfect, this anointing and you accepted the grace in which, in which you, you, you was, was provided for you. And this unity, man, this, I've heard it spoken, I've heard it preached, I've heard it declared, I've heard, uh, it, it's, 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 it's almost become just a, a, another word and just something that they say so we can make sure we keep our church together. It's not just a ceremony and it's not just a thing. Yeshua talks about his family in a different way than we talk about our family. If you remember the scripture that says, and the story that says that his mother and his brothers were outside calling to Yeshua and Yeshua said, now look, 
these are not my mother, but truly this is my mother and my brothers, which are his disciples, based on one thing in which it is the thing which I think that really rang true in his disciples' minds, which is what did I see Yeshua do? What do I do in remembrance of him? Is that he walked in such a close proximity that, to the Father that he did nothing that he didn't first see the Father do. He walked in obedience as a son. And so what does Yeshua say about his mothers and his brothers? He says, it's those that were obedient to my Father. It's those that walk in that same anointing, that that truly is my mother and my brothers. And that doesn't, trust me, I'm the biggest family man there is. Most of my sermons relate around my wife and my two boys. But truly, I say to you, because I've been joined to this family, you are my mother, you are my brothers, you are my, you are my sisters, you're my fathers. We work as one. This is a rhythm. This is something that was established and that there is unity in this body, not because we all get along or just alike, not because of that, not because we have revelation that just changes everything or that the music sounds the way you want it to sound or it does sound, but because Yeshua himself prayed over us a long time ago that we would experience the same unity that he and his father experienced together. And Apostle Paul was faithful to walk and establish this family and bring us together and then say that it is time to go on, that we are moving on as a body, as a family, unified together. Amen? Amen. That's available to us today. And I want to do this on Wednesday nights, 6.30. We will be out of there soon, but I just want to come together and I want to commune if you can make it. We're going to, to, to do communion, common union together as we course together with Yeshua and, and ourselves and this family. And we'll continue to do this. And we'll continue to do this until Yahweh has any other direction or Holy Ghost guides us away from this, or if he does. But I, I just desire to break this ceremony with you. I desire to end in something that what that religion has taken its grips on and said, this is what you do. And to say, no, we don't do this because you told us to do this. We do this in remembrance of him. We do this because the same anointing, the same healing that he walked in 2,000 years ago, I walk in today, his disciples walked in, I'm going to walk in it today and I'm going to start to see with my own physical eyes healing and breakthrough and everything because that is how the glory covers this earth as the, as the, as the, as, as the waters cover the sea. Amen? Amen. Listen, this morning, if you weren't here last week, Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org or give us a call at 850-785-7625.